Now, from deep inside the underground bunker, with red, white, and blue bunting behind him, and the American flag standing proudly at his side, here with an election update, our fearless leader, Mark, Mark Levin. Levin. Hello, America. I'm Mark Levin. This is our special edition election update number two. Glad you're with us on our podcast. It's the second time I've done a real live podcast. I can get used to this podcasting, by the way. We want to thank our friends at CarShield. Prices on just about everything are still rising. But thanks to CarShield, you don't have to worry about how much it'll cost to fix your car when it breaks down. CarShield offers protection plans for around 100 bucks a month. Every plan includes coast-to-coast roadside assistance, courtesy towing, and rental car options at no extra cost. Get coverage today. You'll lock in your price. That's a big deal, you know. Go to carshield.com slash America or call 800-421-1248. That's 800-421-1248 to save 10% on your plan either way. You're listening to the Mark Levin Election Special. As I speak to you, Our country is unraveling, and I mean fast and big time. The idea that a Department of Justice, I don't care who runs it, would actually take steps to go to some master. A master is not a federal district judge. A master is under a federal district judge in South Florida to get a cockamamie search warrant that, in my view, violates the Fourth Amendment because... While it does have some specifics about what they want, it does mention some specific criminal statutes, you could also drive a truck through it because it talks about, and all other documents from the time Donald Trump was essentially president, that does not comply with the particularization that's required, in my view, in a really serious and supposedly justifiable warrant. I don't think it's justifiable at all, by the way. We have a Bill of Rights. The Bill of Rights are under attack, whether it's the First Amendment and free speech and freedom association. Freedom of the press actually protects a corrupt Democrat Party press that pushes the American Marxist agendas. We have a Second Amendment that's under constant assault by the Democrat Party and their media. The Fourth Amendment I just spoke to you about, this is essentially a general warrant that was issued against the president, President Trump. Oh, they threw a few specifics out there, but they didn't mean it, as I'll get to in a moment. Mark, Mark, what's this have to do with an election? I'll tell you in a minute. I think you already know. Fifth Amendment, due process, equal protection. Ninth Amendment, which is essentially the recognition of your unalienable rights in the Declaration. Of course, the Tenth Amendment, federalism, it's become a mockery. The Supreme Court rules in the Dobbs abortion case that the states have to make these decisions, that we, the justices, we don't have the power. Federal government doesn't have the power. It's not in the Constitution. It's up to the states. You know, we don't have power. The states get to decide. Well, guess what? When they ruled that, you saw what happened. Justices were threatened. They violated criminal statutes. Criminal statutes, this attorney general, 
and his U.S. attorneys have no intention of enforcing. Why? Because those are Democrats violating the law. And Democrats are allowed to violate the law without consequence. Fact, if you dare to challenge their unions, their teacher unions, they'll come after the parents, as you well know. That's the nature of this Justice Department. What else? Peter Navarro being handcuffed and putting leg irons. Guy's in his 70s. He's at Reagan National Airport. He's not a threat to anybody. Why do they do that? To humiliate him and to demonstrate that they have power, that they can do this to anybody for any reason. John Eastman. John Eastman isn't a threat to anybody about anything. And yet they confront him right outside the restaurant where his family's eating. To do what? To take his iPhone. You have this gentleman, I don't know him, Clark, who served in a senior position at the Department of Justice, obviously fell out of favor. What do they do to him? At dawn, they knock on his door, they force him to go outside in the street where his neighbors can see him in his pajamas. He asks if he can put his pants on. They tell him no. Well, they search his house and take all the electrical devices, his computers and so forth. We have a congressman in Pennsylvania, Scott Perry. They confront him while his family's eating dinner and take his iPhone. We have members of various state legislatures in Pennsylvania and Arizona, we've heard of others, who have been confronted, who have been told to turn over information to the federal government. So the U.S. attorney in Washington, D.C., getting his orders from the attorney general and the deputy attorney general, she's a Maine Svengali, her name is Murano, radical leftist, used to serve under Obama, The U.S. attorney in Washington, another radical leftist, his name is Matthew Graves. His wife is a radical leftist. The head of the criminal division, a radical leftist, his name is Polite. The head of the civil rights division is a radical leftist. Her name is Clark. The number three, the associate attorney general of the United States, is a radical leftist. Her name is Gupta. They all sit around trying to figure out how to crush the Republican Party, how to destroy Donald Trump. And how to intimidate, if not worse, anybody who supports them. You're not allowed to challenge an election anymore, didn't you know? And yet we have throughout our history. No, 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 we can't do that anymore. You may wind up in leg irons. You may wind up with your iPhone seized. You may wind up God knows what. All intimidation tactics, all threats, the criminalization of politics and the Constitution. The very Constitution they hate, the founders who they hate, the framers who wrote the Constitution who they hate, they take that Constitution and they turn it inside out. They will use the Constitution to destroy the Constitution. So what's going on here? It's no accident. It's no coincidence that this is right before the midterm elections. They want to have not only a political impact on those elections, they want to have a legal impact on those elections. It's no accident and it's no coincidence that they act now in anticipation of Donald Trump, who appears to be poised to announce that he's going to run for president 
in the Republican primary. That's the only way this makes sense, because that's what took place. I have friends, smart friends who keep calling me. This doesn't make sense. It makes plenty of sense if you understand you're dealing with tyranny. And that the FBI, certainly at the senior and mid-level levels, has become the plaything of the Democrat Party. The plaything of the Democrat Party, and they're more than happy to use it. So let's start. First, the Espionage Act of 1917. It's obviously over 100 years old. It has never been used this way against a former president of the United States. People have told you that, but they haven't really explained why. Why? Why hasn't it ever been used against a prior president? Read the first sentence of Article 2, Section 1 of the Constitution, which lays out in some detail the creation of the executive branch by the framers of the Constitution and who is in charge of the executive branch. It's the President of the United States. It is a unitary power. In other words, he is the executive branch. All these departments and agencies and everything else created under him are created by statute. The way it works is the Constitution is the governing document. Everything else flows from that. So a statute, and even lower, a regulation can't control the Constitution. It can't change the Constitution. It can't change the powers of the president. I don't care how many Congresses pass this statute or how many presidents sign it. You cannot detract from the power of one branch or the other through the back door with statutes, let alone regulation. If the president of the United States, whomever he or she is, decides to remove classified information while they're still president on the way out the door, there's nothing that can stop him or her. Nothing, unless you amend the Constitution. I don't care what the Espionage Act says. And by the way, it's not even applied here, but stick with me. We start from the basics, which nobody wants to. President has said, as people have said, I suppose, he declassified everything on the way out by giving an order. So I get a call from a journalist, so-called, who says, well, did he follow the regulations? Is there a paper trail? Did he tell anybody that he was doing that? Excuse me? He's not required to tell anybody or follow paperwork or whatever. His very act demonstrates that that's precisely what he's doing. So he can't be prosecuted under the Espionage Act. That's why past attorneys general and U.S. attorneys have never even tried. Have never even tried. Now, do we know that past presidents have taken classified information? It's certainly possible. Well, how is it possible? How is it possible? Because we can't take them at their word. Have they ever been asked? Did Barack Obama take any classified? Did he? We don't know. And if he said he didn't, don't we need to search his home with at least, at a minimum, a subpoena? How about Bill Clinton? How about Vice President Biden? How about Vice President Dick Cheney? How about President George W. Bush? We have no idea. The only reason, the only reason a subpoena was first issued against Donald Trump in his home 
was because of the radical left-wing Obama archivist of the United States asked the Department of Justice to track down documents that he believed President Trump took. We've since learned that when he learned that Hillary Clinton had taken documents, including classified documents by way of a private server in her home, which is clearly illegal, clearly a violation of the Espionage Act because she was not president. She's not an Article II creation. She's a creation by statute, that job. He said it's not worthy of drawing in the Department of Justice. That's what he testified in 2015 at the time to Senator Grassley. He took a different position here. So here we have a warrant. And everybody's saying we need to see the affidavit. That is the declaration. I don't give a damn what the declaration slash affidavit says. The same people who drew up the warrant drew up that application. They drew up the declaration. What do I care what they say? If we get caught in the weeds, then we're being entrapped too into the argument that Donald Trump somehow violated the Espionage Act and so forth. But is this about the Espionage Act? Is this about the Presidential Records Act, which is not even a criminal statute? Obstruction? They're always throwing obstruction out there. Have you noticed? Well, I'll dig into this in a moment. You're listening to the Mark Levin Election Special. You know, using the Internet without ExpressVPN is like checking in your baggage at the airport without a lock. You think your stuff is kept private, but you never know who's going through your personal belongings. When you go online without a VPN, Internet service providers, that's ISPs, can see every single website you visit. Hello! They can legally sell this information without your consent to ad companies and tech giants who then use your data to target you. When you use ExpressVPN, ISPs cannot see your online activity. Your identity is made anonymous by a secure VPN server. Your data is also encrypted for maximum protection. It's easy to use. Just fire up the app and click one button. Voila, you're in. And it works on all devices, phones, laptops, even routers. So everyone who shares your Wi-Fi can be protected. This is why I personally use ExpressVPN. Folks, secure your online activity by visiting expressvpn.com slash Levin. Do it today. That's expressvpn.com slash L-E-V-I-N. And you can get an extra three months free. That's Express vpn.com slash Levin. This is the Mark Levin election special. So what is really going on? here? You know, when this first broke, uh, I guess it was last Monday during the second hour of my radio show. When President Trump put out a, I guess we don't call it a tweet when it's on truth social. He put out a truth, I guess. And said, my house basically has been raided by the FBI. I started to think about it. I speculated, spent about an hour trying to walk through it with the audience. Now I want to explain it to you. 
This was never about the Espionage Act. It was never about the Presidential Records Act. It's never about any of these things. Now, how do I know that? Number one, we've now seen the warrant. I know we haven't seen the affidavit, but the warrant tells us enough. Number two, they were at Mar-a-Lago in June. The FBI was there. President's lawyers were there. The president was there. Right? They were all there. They spent hours there. They knew where the boxes were. They knew where the papers were. They knew whatever they wanted was. In fact, as you now know, they told the president that she put another lock on the door to the storage area in the basement just to keep the documents secure. They went through those boxes. That's how they knew there was information there that was quote-unquote, they claim classified. Doesn't matter to me if it's classified or not because the president had it, which means he had the power to take it at the time when he was president, whether he declassified them or not. The president has said that he did, and I take him at his word also. All that said, if they felt they had super secret and critically important information in those boxes, they should have taken it. They had a subpoena. If they were prevented from taking it, then they should have gotten another subpoena, which much more specificity. Or they go back to the master or somebody else, another court, and they get an order which they delivered to Mar-a-Lago for those materials to be turned over. They didn't do any of these things. In fact, something else took place. What else took place? Nothing. For seven or eight weeks, nothing happened. Now, if you're serious about the nature of the classified information, what you would have done, if there was some resistance, which I severely doubt, you go back to court and you explain the urgency. The next day, you get an order in 24 hours. You get another subpoena in 24 hours. That's how fast you can get it done. Rather than leaking to the Washington Post false stories, you say, hey, look, there's nuclear-related documents at Mar-a-Lago and they won't give them up. Or there's the top of the top secret documents at Mar-a-Lago and they won't give them to us. They're obstructing us or something. Our negotiations are going slow. We've got to get them. And the court will give them to you. Even though, again, I would argue that this is all unconstitutional. But let's play along. You don't wait six, seven, eight weeks and turn it into a criminal investigation with a federal grand jury and get a search warrant, which is controlled by the Fourth Amendment. And in my view, this search warrant violated it. You don't do that. Certainly not to a former president who's not going to leave the country, who's not going to sell the information to anybody, and for whom this has never been done before to any former president. Why would you do this? You wouldn't. Unless there's something else afoot. And as I speculated correctly, actually thought through correctly on that Monday, August 8th, 
in the second hour of the program. It's about January 6th. Now, the backbenchers have since burped this up and repeated it. But since I was the original source for this thought process, I just want to share it with you and update it. There were two ways that they could expand this so-called warrant in their investigation of President Trump. Two ways. I want you to keep one thing in mind, first of all. This U.S. attorney in Washington, D.C., Matthew Graves, oversees two grand juries, one that covers the National Archives investigation because the National Archives is located in his district. And January 6th. Both. So this guy obviously had a chat with the Deputy Attorney General, who's another hack, and she has the oversight authority over this entire area of January 6th, delegated to her by the Attorney General. The Attorney General, the Deputy Attorney General, likely the Associate Attorney General, likely the head of the Criminal Division, U.S. Attorney and Robert Ray, a couple or all of them, got together. And they discussed these documents that the FBI saw in June. They scoped out the place. But between June and August, this U.S. Attorney has been collecting information about January 6th. We talked about Eastman. We talked about Clark. He's been collecting other information and other aspects of his investigation. He's desperate to bring criminal charges. The Democrat base is demanding it. The media are demanding it. Same thing. But they have nothing on Trump. Nothing that ties Trump to any of the criminal statutes they're looking at. Nothing. So they need to find something or they certainly need to look. The subpoena won't get them there. It won't get them there. And so if they're able to get a search warrant, and if this master is foolish enough to give them a broad search warrant, they go in there and they grab everything. If the master is smart enough not to give them a broad search warrant, of course he should have shot it down altogether, but let's play along, not to give them a broad search warrant, then if you're the FBI, you have orders to go in there and look at least in a superficial and brief way through the documents and start grabbing the boxes under the theory of the plain view doctrine. Which is, hey, look, we're going through these boxes. We're seeing this classified stuff. There could be other things in here related to other criminal acts. We found this document and this document that may or may not be related, but we need to take it back. So we're going to take all the documents since, you know, we're here to search for documents and boxes in specific areas and other crimes may have been committed. That would be a weaker argument, but they had what they wanted anyway with the warrant in the first instance. All documents. During the presidency of Donald Trump, that might be a Mar-a-Lago. That is a defective search warrant, but nonetheless it was used. They get one shot at this. One shot. Send down over 30 FBI agents. Took them a couple of weeks to plan this. That's why the Trump people didn't hear from them. A couple of weeks to plan it. And they grabbed everything. The first leak out of the Department of Justice was to Newsweek. But Merrick Garland didn't know anything. 
So here we go. Just like Russia collusion with the leaks. Could be the FBI, could be the U.S. Attorney's Office, criminal division, could be the hierarchy at the Department of Justice, doesn't matter. So the pressure's on. People want to hear from Garland himself. So Garland speaks three or four days later. Seems very pensive, very nervous. He reads it off a teleprompter. It's a very short statement, less than five minutes. We learn nothing except the fact is he was aware of it and authorized it. So that leak was a lie. Like so many leaks that come out of the government, it was disinformation. Then the next leak comes out. And what is that? Again, the Washington Post this time. That there was information related to nuclear secrets. Nuclear secrets. So everybody's supposed to turn on Donald Trump. He took nuclear secrets with him. Nobody knows what that means. If you read the Washington Post piece carefully, you'll notice how ambiguous it is and how they have an anonymous government source. Government. Because the media have become the propagandists for the government when the government's controlled by the Democrats or when the leaks come out of the bureaucracy that's hostile to a Republican. It's the American Pravda. Propagandists. Nobody has any idea, but you have to ask yourself, if that's true, then why didn't they grab the document or the folder in June? You know, having been a chief of staff to an attorney general, these documents aren't just lying around. They are in special folders, color-coded with stripes, with the words on them, top secret, or they're even more secret, what we used to call black code secret. Those initials are identifying the documents, too. And the documents are numbered. They're batched. So the government, at least theoretically, doesn't lose track of them. So you would have thought if that sort of stuff was in there, and of course the Washington Post didn't ask, why didn't they take it in June? In fact, Donald Trump hasn't been president for like 19 or 20 months. Why did it take them so long to figure out that these documents with the special folders and the batch numbers that are supposed to be tracked by the agency that so marks them to figure out that they had them? None of it makes sense unless you understand that the purpose of going into Donald Trump's home and so much of his home, including the former first lady's closet, how outrageous is that? had a different purpose. They used to call these general warrants. The British used to issue general warrants that gave them the power to search anybody's home, anybody's business, anybody's person for any reason they wanted. They'd issue general warrants against, there's Frank Smith. Oh yeah, we have a general warrant. We're coming in. Into your home, into your business. We're going to pat you down and see if you have anything. Under the Fourth Amendment, that is specifically unconstitutional. The word particular, as I said earlier in the program, is in the Fourth Amendment. Now, what's the politics of all this? Ah, well, there is that. You're listening to the Mark Levin Election Special. Prices on just about everything are still rising. And thanks to my friends at CarShield, 
I don't have to worry about how much it will cost to fix my car when it breaks down. Their price will never go up, and they help handle everything. This is very important. Inflation is way up. It's not zero, Joey. It's 8.5% year over year, and if we had the, the formally serious statistical processes by which we figure out the inflation rate, we're in double-digit inflation. Double-digit. So when Carshall says the price will never go up, that is a big, big deal. Carshall offers protection plans for around 100 bucks a month that cover more parts than ever before. Whether your car has 5,000 or 150,000 miles, every protection plan includes coast-to-coast roadside assistance, courtesy towing, and rental car options at no extra cost. And like I mentioned earlier, when you get coverage today, you'll lock in your price. It'll never go up. So as long as you cover your car, no matter how old it is, you're protected from the rising cost of parts and repairs. CarShield has my back when my car breaks down. They can have yours, too. Get coverage like I did. Go to carshield.com slash America or call 800-421-2748. That's carshield.com slash America or call 800-421-2748. Either way, you'll save 10% on your plan. That's carshield.com slash America or 800-421-2748. 2748 to save 10%. To get more updates from Mark on the election, follow him on Twitter, Truth Social, Getter, and Parlor at Mark Levin Show. The politics. Well, obviously, there's been a backlash. Many Republicans were getting a little uh, cold feet when it came to Trump. They were saying, look, I love Trump. I love what he did. I voted for him twice. At least voted for him once. There's just too much drama. Too much drama. I'm afraid we'll lose with him, even though I love him. Didn't you hear this? I heard it constantly. And there were a lot of good Republicans, a lot of bad ones, but a lot of good ones too. Well, according to the polling, and according to you, because I listen to what you have to say, at least for now, that's changed significantly. People are saying, you know, I cannot stand this kind of tyranny. I cannot stand this kind of bullying. Donald Trump is a victim to unconstitutional impeachments, including after he left office. That's never been done. And both impeachments were handled by one party. That's never been done. And a criminal investigation of the former president trying to take out his presidency in the middle of his presidency with a special counsel whose appointment would violated Department of Justice regulations. There was no criminal predicate. You need a criminal predicate to appoint a special counsel, and they came up with nothing. That's two unconstitutional impeachments, an illegitimate criminal investigation. Then we have an attorney general in Albany, New York, who campaigned on trying to indict Donald Trump. She should have lost her law license. But all these left-wing Democrat judges in New York City are giving her whatever she wants. Then we have another Democrat-elected DA in Fulton County, Georgia. She's running wild, conducting an investigation. She's up for election from time to time. 
Then we have the truly unconstitutional January 6th committee, which is another Nancy Pelosi special. Every member of that committee had to be approved by her and meet her standard, which was what? To destroy Donald Trump, to use our tax dollars in the House of Representatives to destroy Donald Trump, anyone around him, anyone near him. Beria, Stalin, Molotov, the triumvirate during Stalin's period, among others, would be very, very proud of Nancy and the two Republican reprobates. And of course, we know the chairman of that committee, Benny Thompson, he opposed the seating of a Republican president, but that was perfectly fine. Jamie Raskin, who's a red, his father was a red. There's no question about it. He did the same thing. But that's okay, you see. They're for democracy. What this committee has been doing is violating separation of powers, collecting information, forcing people to testify under threat of contempt, and therefore prosecution and threat of jail. Information it is gathering for the Department of Justice, which it is not free to do. It's certainly not free to collect the information the way it is. It's supposed to be focused on a legislative purpose, which means Nancy Pelosi should have been their first witness. All of her texts and emails and documents should have all been collected. Because she was responsible for protecting that building and she failed to accept the National Guard who were authorized, authorized, 20,000 of them by President Trump, which gives the lie to this whole thing. Nonetheless, we're dealing with tyrants. We're dealing with tyranny. And then this. And I think people have said, particularly Republicans and especially conservatives in the base, that's enough. They obviously hate Donald Trump for a reason. And the reason, ladies and gentlemen, is this. Donald Trump was an extremely effective president. He was securing the border. He was aware of critical race theory before many people. He was forcing it out of the federal government, out of the military. He was pushing free speech on our college campuses and universities. Donald Trump was appointing constitutionalists to our federal courts, including the Supreme Court. You can see the consequence. Donald Trump made it very clear, unequivocally clear, to the communist Chinese that Taiwan was not to be invaded on his watch. And he punished them economically. Punished them for the first time in my lifetime. Russia, Russia, Russia. Well, for all the talk, Putin could not stand Trump. I'm sure he was orgasmic when Joe Biden got elected, at least theoretically. Because Trump put sanctions on Russia like few past presidents have. And he also beefed up NATO. I thought he didn't support NATO. NATO was spending more money in these NATO countries individually than ever before on its own defense because of the tactics, the negotiating tactics that Donald Trump had used. The Taliban... 18 months, they didn't kill a single American soldier. They feared Trump. Remember that time Trump dropped that massive bomb, the biggest conventional bomb that we have? Because there was word that five to 10,000 Taliban had been organizing, and they had a large tunnel under a mountain. Remember what he did? He blew up the mountain. 
He made it abundantly clear. Yes, but he negotiated with them. He had a deal with them. He had a deal that he would have enforced. Joe Biden surrendered. Costing the lives of 13 brave men and women. And one of those men who died. The other day. His brother committed suicide. Because he missed his brother. Who had died in Afghanistan as a result of our surrender. So horribly and so terribly. So he basically killed himself on the anniversary. Committed suicide. Your mother has lost now. His mother. Two of her sons. I considers it an accomplishment. The Middle East peace was breaking out everywhere. The Abraham Accords. We'd never seen anything like it before. Arab countries cutting peace deals with the Jewish country, Israel. Two great leaders, Trump and Netanyahu. Both of whom are not in power as I speak. Face the same kind of corrupt left wing and media. Iran had Donald Trump's foot on its throat. Economically, it was deteriorating. The opposition to the Islamo-Nazi regime was rising. And now Iran has the nuclear technology and is now working on fusing it with intercontinental ballistic missiles with the capacity to hit the United States. So rather than that regime toppling, it's stronger than ever before, and it's selling its oil to China to fund its terrorism in that illegitimate government. And I could go on and on and on. Donald Trump pushed back. And I think one of the areas in which the ruling class was furious with Donald Trump, among many, by the way, was in particular communist China. Many, many of our biggest, most powerful, wealthiest global corporations have enormous investments and make enormous profits out of communist China. Regardless of what industry or service, even basketball, even basketball, even the movies. But the major tech companies, major banking companies, major hedge fund companies, broadcast companies, they didn't want Donald Trump getting in the way because they're unpatriotic, more unpatriotic than any time in American history. We used to have corporations that would support America, not so much anymore. Very few and far between. Donald Trump literally secured the border like no president. He was completing the job. Well, big business didn't like that. Big labor didn't like that. The Democrat Party didn't like that. Today, the border is wide open. Why? The Democrats say, people like me, we talk about replacement theory. The Democrats have been talking about replacing the white, dominant, racist population for years. Obama did. Biden did. And now when you acknowledge what they've been talking about, apparently you are racist for acknowledging what they're talking about. But then why is the border wide open? 
They won't flat out tell you anymore. Donald Trump fought it. Donald Trump backed local police. The Democrats hate local police. Donald Trump backed the military. The Democrats do not. Wokeism, pronouns, you're a woman, you're not a woman, here's money to chop this off or add that on. Donald Trump opposed all of that. Donald Trump believed men and boys should not participate in women's sports no matter how they self-identify. Oh, you can't do that. And we can go down the list, can't we? Donald Trump stood up to the ruling class. And what we have now is the revolt of the ruling class. I've been talking about this for quite a while. Backbenchers have now caught on. Donald Trump has nothing to do with the ruling class. That's the Democrat Party and much of the Republican Party, particularly if you look at the leadership in the Senate. They hate Donald Trump more than they love America. I hate to tell you this. The Democrat Party, like the Communist Party in most countries, believes loyalty to the party and to the party's objectives and to the party's policies and ultimately to the party's power is more important than fidelity to the country because for them, the party is the country. And anybody who doesn't agree with them has to be crushed in one form or another. It's wokeism. On the Republican side, the establishment is too passive of a word. I've used to use it all the time. The ruling class on the Republican side wants power of its own over its party. They'll take what crumbs they can get. They'll take a victory every now and then in some election cycle. But they have no intention of reversing of reversing what the Democrat Party does on behalf of the various American Marxist movements. No intention whatsoever. I saw a recent poll. Now, these polls change. I don't live and die by these polls. That There's a 61% chance the Democrats will retain the Senate, and they claim there's no chance the Democrats will keep the House. Now, why is that? It's because of the leadership in the Senate. It's not because of Donald Trump's quote-unquote candidates, but that's the spin in the corrupt media. Because Mitch McConnell hasn't laid out a plan for his Republicans to run on the way the Republican leadership in the House has. He said nothing. He said nothing. He's the longest-serving Republican leader in the history of the Senate. And he's good for nothing. Nothing. Took him days to put out a statement condemning what happened to Donald Trump, his wife, his family at Mar-a-Lago. Days. The politics of this. Yes, the Biden administration desperately seeks to put Donald Trump in jail. Desperately. They've tried everything. They've tried everything, like nothing before, against any president or presidential candidate. They're punishing everybody and anybody who's close to him. But what this demonstrates is that you have to become more of an activist than ever before. 
that when it comes to early voting, take advantage of it and get as many people to the polls as you possibly can. You need to be your own local block captain or precinct worker. You cannot wait for the Republican Party. You have got to do this. If you live in a district where a Democrat congressman lives and claims to be a moderate, every single Democrat voted to impeach Donald Trump twice. Every single Democrat voted for this last spending abomination that is going to destroy our fossil fuel industry, destroy our pharmaceutical industry and the production of new cutting-edge drugs, and 87,000 new IRS agents. So together now, the IRS will have 170,000 agents. They're aimed at you, controlling you, like they seek to control President Trump, like they seek to control the parents in this country. This is no joke. You must organize. Organize now. There's less than 90 days until the midterm elections. Less than 90 days. If you want further specifics, I suggest you go to two places. Go to the last chapter of Liberty and Tyranny. That book has withstood the time clock. It really has. The test of time. Or go to the last chapter of American Marxism. They both provide a lot of information about the things that you can do to save your country. But this is it. Everything's on the line. You're listening to the Mark Levin Election Special. From cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation is hitting us all where it hurts. And folks, it's hurting badly, and a lot of people are truly suffering, many of you. That's why I started using Upside. What's Upside? Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. In other words, all of you. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. Many of you, you're online all the time making purchases, right? Or even if you're not online, you should have the Upside app, which is absolutely free at your hand, and use it each time and get paid for it. Upside isn't too good to be true. I have used it. It works. Upside is a no-brainer. What do you plan to do with all your cash back when you get it? That's how important this is. To get started, download the free Upside app. It's free. Use my promo code MarkLevin and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and get paid. Now, in comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. So download the free Upside app and use promo code MarkLevin to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code MarkLevin. To get more updates from Mark on the election, follow him on Twitter 
at Mark Levin Show. Ladies and gentlemen, there we are. That's number two in the can, as they say. Our special election edition on our podcast. I hope you're enjoying them as long as you continue to enjoy them and tell your friends and family and neighbors and colleagues and coworkers. I'll continue to do them. I have a blast. I am blessed to have you out there. Thank you, and God bless you. For more from Mark on the election, head to marklevinshow.com. 